Who are the real racists? Northern Democrats had conspired together with Southern Democrats to take away the fruit of other people's labor. Who are the real fascists? Both Mussolini and Hitler set up and ran welfare states. This was done by the do-gooders, the liberals, the people who wanted to improve society. Which party attacks our free speech? How dare you speak against the villa? Our religious liberty and our personal safety. A nation dies when its people are not free. We too must fight for freedom, regardless of the price we pay. An end in terror is preferable to a terror with no end. The stakes could not be higher. We're talking about America, the greatest nation on earth. Lincoln saved America for the first time. It's now up to us to save America a second time. Um, spoken on that Dinesh got me believing the big lie. Obamacare is like a blimp because what goes up must go down like pie in the sky. Feeling like Sophie Schultz, prosecuted for posts. Oh my! You can you have two choices. You can either live or you die. That's the Dinesh D'Souza rap that was at the end of his movie that encapsulated the end of his newest horrible movie we were subjected to. Can you guess what we've been up to for the past two hours? Hello, folks. It's Chapo. We're here with you today. And we have just got done with absolutely torturing ourselves for you by sitting through all two hours of Dinesh D'Souza's latest film, Death of a Nation. Why did we do this? It's all for the content, baby. Idiots. Hold on. I'm going to be a, a Marvel epic movie reviews guy ah. reviewing this. Uh, can you say Amazeballs? <laughs> the Dinesh D'Souza Cinematic Universe is back. Unfortunately, fans of Saul Alinsky will have to wait till the post credit sequence where Dinesh always throws in an Easter egg or a full basket, basket worth. Hashtag, holy shit, fuck banana pants. But it's a tour de force through the Dineshverse as we witness how Nazis are Democrats. Abe Lincoln was a Republican and Donald Trump is Abe Lincoln. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan, any uh, Dinesh fans who loved Woodrow Wilson is uh, as a, as a classic baddie. He's back, folks. <laughs> he's, he's screening the birth of a nation in the White House again. Yeah, this was. If you are you, you guys probably followed the D'Souza cinematic universe. Yeah, and, I, I do. And yeah. I got to say, I am wooting because. <laughs> In the scene where Dinesh explicitly uh, compares his plight of doing electoral fraud to the victims of the Holocaust, Mwah. I went cocoa banana pants. That was like that was like the Thanos snapping bullshit. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, that I, was I, like I, when he just when Dinesh gets the final uh, Infinity Goblet and he like clenches his fist and makes basically the entire history of the United States disappear or half of it at least. <laughs> To make his documentary, that was incredible. I, I'm just saying, I had I wooted so hard that I think you're going to need to clean this couch. There was a lot going on in this movie. Oh boy, I so much. Think, so this movie was released earlier this year. It was like early 2018 when this movie came out. Yeah. And I gotta say, I I knew this was going to be a uh, a nice double feature with our last episode. And I, d- watching this movie now in light of the fact that Trump has just basically declared that he's going to end birthright citizenship and the 14th Amendment via executive order 
end the mass murder of uh, elderly Jewish worshipers at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Um, real makes a real nice pairing watching this movie now. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's amazing. Very, it it uh, just came out, and yet it is aged like a banana on the fucking kitchen counter. <laughs> well, the same went for his uh, last movie too. And I'm starting to think that if you if you make a film. And you pretty much, uh, it's pretty much been discredited by reality about one week after it comes out. Maybe your ideas just aren't very good to begin with. Yeah. Now, now that's just bad luck. It could happen to any filmmaker. If you're familiar with Dinesh D'Souza, if you uh, listen to our episode that we did with uh, Bill Corbett about uh, Hillary's America, yeah, um, you'll know that you know the D'Souza canon. Uh, his movies are his this this sort of second career as a documentary filmmaker. He has now uh, is essentially a project to. Um, popularized the idea that um, the modern Democratic Party and uh, modern American liberals are the true heirs to both um, slavery and the uh, chattel slavery and the plantation system, um, Jim Crow, and now in this movie, um, the Third Reich and uh, fascism and the Holocaust. Yeah. What what didn't these guys do, honestly? Now, if you are, if you are Dinesh, and like, again, watching this movie is so profoundly odd, not just because of what's in it, but trying to imagine how the intended audience for this movie is supposed to receive it in light of the fact that Trump is president and that, like, a major hurdling block is the fact that so much of the American right wing now is basically openly fascist and racist. Yeah. And, like, that's a big stumbling block if you're trying to make the case that the Republican Party and Donald Trump are actually the good guys and heroes of American history. Because... In American culture, there is still a very widespread belief and deeply ingrained that the Nazis were the bad guys of the 20th century uh-huh. and that uh, slavery and racism um, are bad as well. Yeah. That's a big, big hurdle you're going to have to clear. And essentially, the, the, weird, the weird sort of like tension that exists in this movie is between the sort of younger online right for whom being a racist and a fascist is, you know, a badge of honor and they would they will proudly proclaim that they admire Adolf Hitler and, you know, the Third Reich and they think slavery was good and the Holocaust was either made up or justified. Mm-hmm. And like the the older the Mimas and the Pep Peps and who still want to think about Trump and, you know, the, their modern Republican Party is, you know, the, the good old fashioned mom and pop conservatism. Yeah. But that, that it isn't even that divide anymore. Exactly. And maybe it That's was a weird divide thing. like three years ago. But it's like Steve King is just going to Auschwitz with like a little accountant visor and an abacus. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is all the old people have like they have like Thomas Sowell groipers that they yeah. post. Like, yeah, there's my, no grand, more. my grandfather, my grandson showed me how to make an epic Pepe meme yeah. where where I'm smiling. See, this is me outside the gas chamber smiling. My, and, my, and, and, and that's Nancy Pelosi inside. My Filipino nurse is an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he's doing, he's making this movie at exactly the time in which these, again, we've said largely symbolic differences between different factions of the American right are beginning to collapse, and the side that just wants to be openly racist and fascist is winning out. I mean, it was always the basis of it. It was just, it was all agreed to that we needed to pretend that wasn't the case because there was this thing just, I believe there was an article, I can't remember who wrote it a few, uh, last year or so that, that made, put it out, pointed out very well is that there was, for about a generation after the civil rights movement, we had this kind of racial consensus 
uh, between the two parties, regardless of what they actually believed, regardless of what their policies did, that in public everyone would agree that racism is a bad thing that we should all agree is negative. And for a bunch of reasons that has, uh, and Trump is a big catalyst for it, that sort of agreement has collapsed and more and more grassroots right-wingers are just sick of having to pretend. And Dinesh is just stuck in the 90s. We've talked about this. He's just stuck in that era when people felt that this this sort of racial accord had to be honored. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, we were talking about this, like the only people who are going to watch right, on the right or are going to watch this and be satisfied are basically the grandpas who've watched so much History Channel that they basically are ingrained to hate the Nazis no matter what and so are uncomfortable with all this Hitler shit and all this like edgy uh, meme culture with with uh, the Third Reich because they've just seen they've seen so much footage on the History Channel that they're still holding on to this vestigial anti-Nazism, which is a very very small cadre of people at this point. Well, there's still a uh, I would say still a widespread revulsion at the concept or the label of racist and or and Nazi for that matter. Yeah, sure, racist and Nazi, but totally devoid of meaning that's just is a term that means here's the bad thing if you get called that that means you're a bad person and people don't like you so of course uh conservatives who've always been ambiently racist uh are pretty much sick and tired of it so uh, they just want to be able to say oh no wait we're not racist the democrats are racist and here's why dinesh is you know pretty bad at his fucking job is it's you don't actually have to prove that point because it's already meaningless. We're just talking about empty signifiers at this point. So just, you know, make a movie and just have someone say, well, Democrats are the real racists. And that's it. Well, you don't have to do historical reenactments. <laughs> well, I mean, if he didn't do the historical reenactments, he would have deprived us from so many great moments in this movie. Including the very first scene, which is a fucking Hitler and Ava Broad killing themselves in the bunker. Okay. No, so it was actually they were taking plan B <laughs> to do a new Holocaust. So, yeah. Dinesh's intellectual project, and it's been one on the American right for a while, but it's, I think they find their... Jonah Goldberg did it, too. Yeah, they're, they're, it finds it, its purest expression in these series of movies is to try to kind of essentially reverse the own. Because in American popular imagination, broadly, I think across the spectrum and fairly deeply, the legacies of racism and fascism are largely associated with the American right. Yeah. And that is a big problem for them. And it's one that they've... Up until very recently, we're trying as hard as possible to just say, aha, no, actually, Democrats and liberals are the real fascists and racists. And like I said, this is, he's making this movie at a time when it seems like there's less and less reason for them to even try to create this fucking cockamamie Mickey Mouse history yeah, to honestly, justify itself. I don't even know if what he's going to do, because this movie did not do very well. I mean, none of them do great, but they've been diminishing the returns Obama's America did well. Yes, but... That was under Obama, and that's when everyone was, you know, everyone was just on the same page, and and you could, but you yeah, could, you could sell America the idea well. to Chud America that an evil tyrant was like an, on the verge of like uh, taking over and making America Muslim and communist when Obama was actually right, exactly, president. Yes. And the other big problem with this movie is Dinesh says at several points to, towards the end of the movie, "How do we fight leftist tyranny in America today? <laughs> oh, you mean other than the three branches of government you already control?" It's, a, it's kind of harder to juice the geezers with that kind of stuff well, I, when no, they can just watch Daddy Trump and they'll feel good yeah. because their guy is uh, I mean, in The charge. closest thing they could point to is basically late night television. That is leftist tyranny is the fact that you turn the TV on anytime after 11 p.m. and it's going to be some smart aleck making fun of Trump. 
And that is true. There's no alternative there. It is a hegemonic worldview there. No, it's late night television. It's the deep state, and it's the mods. That's the new axis of evil. I mean, that that is the amazing thing, though, that for however much power the American right has, their view of culture is as narrow as the liberal view of culture, which is to say, like, who watches Seth Meyers? Who watches, like, Samantha? No one compared to, like, our favorite show, This Is Us watches those shows like the numbers are staggeringly they pale in comparison to like non-political things though they're not the they're not the mainstream the mainstream is like people who are just apolitical they're either too beaten down or they actively avoid it well they think about it like people like people like dinesh who are like lifelong members of elite institutions super value these liberal institutions and for they could get like fucking nine Kavanaugh's in the Supreme Court, but what they really want is like right wing Jimmy Fallon, right? Exactly. They want someone who goes on there and goes, "Oh, is Rachel Dolezal going to get affirmative action and makes the epic face like fucking Seth Meyers?" So let's get into it. Let's get. I I, I have I took a lot of notes here, so I'd, I'd like to recreate this film for you as best I can. Matt already mentions that the very first scene in this movie is Hitler and Eva Braun in the bunker committing suicide. And I think we have to talk for a little bit right at the beginning about the guy that Dinesh got to play Adolf Hitler in these historical reenactments. How shall I put this? He is the single most Jewish-looking Hitler I think I've ever seen put on film. Uh, he looks like a henpecked Long Island father. <laughs> like, every scene where it's just about Dinesh is like, then he went in and proposed his version of Obamacare, and he's like doing his beer hall push. It just sounds like he's he's like uh, bitching about a coupon. The guy, he he has a rather large, a rather pronounced schnoz. This photographed in profile at several points in the movie. Just one of the sort of strange choices Dinesh makes throughout this movie. Yeah. We'll get to the most incredible one later. Don't oh, don't don't spoil that. Spoil it's, it's, it. coming <laughs> it's coming later. It's coming later. Yeah, we'll get to that little Easter egg in a little bit. So, and of course, be, it begins with Adolf Hitler uh, killing himself. Yeah. As and again, the the history of World War II here that he presents is so funny because he goes on to talk about how uh, the Nazis were basically progressive Democrats and socialists, but he doesn't mention the fact that Hitler blew his brains out. Uh, you know a couple hours before the other giant group of socialists uh, sacked Berlin. That was yeah. a democratic primary. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very weird notion because he uses the first uh, half hour or so. Well, actually, no. Uh, before he gets to the boring, shitty part, he actually makes a great movie for about 10 minutes. That oh, yeah, if yeah. he had just made the whole thing this, I think it would have been a big hit, and I probably would have seen it high in the theater. <laughs> and that was... For the first 10 minutes, it's just footage of idiot media people first scoffing at the idea of Trump being president and then losing their shit after he gets elected. And I have to say, it's pretty funny. It was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but there's curiously like f about half the footage is Sank Ugar from. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> the right wing guys hate Sank. I, I don't know because he's like the only like lefty. Yeah. Like there are like three lefty guys who have like any presence on YouTube. But like I think that they literally think that you get off a subway in New York City, you go to Times Square, and there's just Sank 
in Times Square on the billboard just no, telling you Republicans are bad. No, they think Jenk uh, controls all left media at this point. Yes. Yeah, I would say it was a lot of Jenk and Jimmy Dore. And it was like, yeah, cause <laughs> Jenk is, because Jenk is always making videos that's like, uh, here's why Sargon of Cat is wrong, just about other fucking YouTube dumbasses. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of Jenk Ugar. Um, some uh, hilarious Rachel oh God. clips. You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead and you haven't gone to hell. This is your life now. This is our election now. This is us. This is our country. You're not, you're not sleeping. You're awake. You're not dead. This isn't hell. This is real life. Trump is president. Yeah, Rachel Maddow's uh, tone of speaking, which is just like over dramatic, shitty one man show. Yeah. It's sort of a hip suburb. Yeah. Just now, really bad. And really, what does an audience of Trump fans want more in a movie than just an hour and a half of liberal tears. That would have been a big success. And we were all having fun watching that, and then annoyingly he had to get back to his stupid point. Well, there was something pretty awesome once he started getting to you know, Dinesh's history lessons. Can we talk about Mussolini? I want to, I want to, <laughs> Mussolini's <laughs> Chef Boyardee, the inventor of fat. Like, literally, they get, like, Dinesh is, of course, like, but of course, Mussolini admired the socialists. And... He cuts to Mussolini, which is just like a big fat mama's boy, <laughs> and he's just like every time he read, he's like reading the Communist Manifesto, and he's gesticulating his arms like, yeah, well, like, like, hey, be like yeah. yeah, if this was like if you were just like this is any Italian person would get banned for hate speech in yeah. most countries, but I loved it. He's like, know? ah, the what are you talking about, Marx? Oh, huh? I want to get into uh, Dinesh's history of uh, fascism, but first, a lot of solid owns of totally clueless libs and celebrities getting owned on election night. That includes Maggie Haberman, Joy Reid, George Clooney, Nancy Pelosi, Us. Obama, Obama himself. <laughs> yeah, Chapo Trap House. We're not. Well, we're not in, the in there, but uh, we would be. George Clooney, uh, and then like this is all to his point that like, quote, the American people voted for Trump. And like there's the American people and then there's, uh, you know, the majority of them, of course, who didn't vote for Trump. But it goes to this idea that like there's this thing called America that he came to as a teenager and he knew it was special and great. And like that, that's that's what he loves and cares about the most. I think what needs to be stressed about Dinesh D'Souza is that he throughout his entire career in the books that he got famous for and his statements before he started making these gauzy patriotic documentaries uh, despises America. And virtually everything about it. He really first jumped into my consciousness after 9-11 when he literally wrote a book about how 9-11 was directly the fault of liberals. Yeah. And basically said Mohammed Atta's vision of American society is basically correct. Yep. He said that we are, in fact, decadent, that we are immoral, that our culture is is evil and needs to be destroyed. That, that is what he said. And that essentially gay people and Michael Moore invited yeah. this attack by the way we lived so decadently and with an open and with open homosexuality uh, offended Islam yep. and, and that, you know, like we sort of, in, we, they, we invited it. Basically. Yeah. yeah. He is the guy uh, who actually said we had it coming, but it wasn't because of the imperialism so much I'd as will like, and grace. I'd also like to point out in his other books Again, keep this in mind when he goes through his history of how awful the fascists were. Uh, Dinesh is a huge race science guy. He loves race IQ stuff. He's talked openly about how African-Americans are just congenitally dumber than the other races and should be treated as such. He is a virulently anti-gay. Um, what else am I forgetting? Well, the, race, the racial one was the end of racism, where he basically says that racism has officially been abolished and any remaining 
racial disparities and any kind of outcome are the fault of the inferiority of black people. And that's why affirmative action needed to be gotten rid of that. You know, that's his view of America. Basically. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't like it. Oh, he hates the it. only thing he likes is the founding, which mm. he returns to again and again in his movies as this kind of pseudo religious sacrament, or it's, it's an event that takes place essentially outside the bonds of history. Yeah. And that like the way he talks about it, the founders and the ideals that they enshrined in the American Republic are untouched by history either before or after it. So at, at certain points in this movie, he says there was absolutely no racial idea, racial or white supremacist ideology imbued whatsoever into the Constitution nope. or the founding fathers or any of the ideals this country was founded on. No, that, they that hated, anything they that had slavery. That was, that was smart of them to not do that. Yeah. And that any any subsequent events that happened after that were a perversion of their original ideal by the Democratic Party. Yep. If basically he posits the constitutional era as as the Garden of Eden, and then the snake is actually a donkey, and he gets you to take a bite of of the apple of of slavery slash Democratic Party theft, because he has a brilliant thing where he basically drills down and says the premise of the Democratic Party is theft. Started with the slaver, the theft of people's labor and slavery, and then after slavery was abolished, now they're they're stealing your money in the form of taxes. So taxation equals slavery equals theft. Oh, that's oh, wait. The, that's the the biting ideology of the Democratic Party across the generation. I forgot. I remember the, the other book I was thinking about. In another one of his books, he has long sections in which he comments on the fact that uh, slaves in America were treated uh, basically pretty well by their masters. And like they were treated kindly, mostly by their masters because they were property. And he was like, well, why would you damage your own property? Yeah. That is his view of American slavery. That's his view of you know, race in America. And so much of this movie is him walking around Manhattan and Times Square. And like there's just interstitial shots of him taking the subway. And he's talking about you know, th- this pure, great America. And it's like Dinesh is disgusted by every person and thing he sees in New York City, without a doubt. Well, that doesn't make you... You know, far right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he gets into this um, history of fascism. And the first person he interviews, actually, is uh, Robert Paxton of Columbia. And I was just wondering, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? Well, what well, the they, fuck they, are they, most of these people doing in this movie? They Most of Dinesh's other interviews, we'll get into them, are just with assorted perverts he found. And uh, one, we'll leave it as a surprise. You can probably guess who it is. Barack Obama. <laughs> no, but uh, this one, Sapex is a legit guy, but this interview was so obviously cut to shit. Like, it was so ob- The only good editing in this movie on Dinesh's side was this interview because, right, they talk to him. Like, he tries to get Paxton in the thing of, like, oh, so fascism isn't pure laissez faire capitalism. And Paxton's like, well, no, I guess there's like a central planning thing. And then just instant cut. Dinesh is like, there you go. It's Obamacare. <laughs> I you. think the. Nazis were very progressive. Yeah. Mr. Paxton, no. Mr. Paxton, sit down. Uh, I felt bad for Paxton, though, because it's like he probably wasn't really sure what project he was embarking on or like if he did know who this was, he's like, oh, yeah, no, he there's no way he's going to be able to recut what I say to make it sound like I'm saying that the Democrats are the real Nazis. Well, in Paxton's book about fascism, Matt, you made a point that, that his actual definition is de- his, his like his one sentence definition is the suppression of the left amongst popular enthusiasm 
That's that's. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. It's it's. I'm tired. Dinesh also separates Trump from the fascist label by saying he's a nationalist, yes, but he's not a socialist, yes, and that's the big difference. He says Trump is a nationalist, just like my fellow countryman uh, Gandhi and Nelson Mandela. By the way, I'm sure when Dinesh was in Dartmouth in the 80s, he went to hang Mandela party. Of course he did. Mandela, yeah. he yeah. was against. South African divestment. That was literally a thing he did in college. Yeah. He literally did that. Um, so, so, and Gandhi never wrote letters to Hitler that were like, Mr. Hitler, I would love to hug and kiss you. <laughs> like, literally, did, fucking Christ. And so, like, for nationalism is okay. It's when it's when you combine it's like the uh, the explosives. When you combine the two liquids, yeah. they become uh, unstable and explosive. It's socialism. Once the socialism gets poured into the nationalism brew, then and, but the fact bad. that Trump is a pure American nationalist is fine. Yeah, any kind of nationalism that 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 that's fine he just and dandy. loves all the good parts of America, and the, the founding and whatnot. And the fact that uh, you know Hitler killed so many communists in Germany is, as Dinesh describes it, basically just a interfactional dispute between international and national socialism. Well, Hitler is really the classic anti-hero of the film. Because on the on the one hand, you you think you know he's clearly the protagonist. He's a nationalist. He's just trying to make Germany great again. But he also has this this problem, this dark side of socialism that leads him to do bad things. So in the Dinesh cinematic universe, Hitler is Loki. I, d- and I d- Donald I, Trump is Thor. I don't know the 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 magic universe. The magic I, that does sound. As someone who's what seen the that? films, that sounds very accurate. Yes. I've only seen the end of Infinity War, but I can figure them all out because they're for children. And frankly, I beat a children's game every day of my life. <laughs> Wait, I only saw the memes. Is it also a film? Yes. Or they started as memes, but they were like, "Hey, people <laughs> like these so much. Let's make this Thanos guy real." <laughs> so uh, there was another fun bit in the movie where he talked about how Hitler and Lenin hung out hung out at the same bars. And if you'll remember back to Hillary's America. Dinesh makes a big point. He just throws it in there. He can't resist it about how Lenin never paid his bar tab. Yep. And if you're fans of Hillary's America, will recognize the callback to Saul Alinsky serial lunch theft. Yep. Director trademark. <laughs> yeah. There is a little, if you look closely around the 50 minute mark in one of the flashbacks, there is a little Saul Alinsky cameo. You see him in the background walking down the street with a bowl of soup that he hides in his coat pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I would love just a full Dinesh Holocaust movie where it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. They like killed all those people, but it just show it shows like uh Derwillinger and all those guys, uh just tons of faulty lunch tickets <laughs> to let you know that they're bad. The thing is, I don't know where Dinesh goes from here because a lot of the tropes in this movie are just straight up recycled from the last movie. Maybe some of the footage, too. Oh, m- much of the footage was recycled. Oh, yeah. yeah I clocked yeah. a lot of that. Oh, you, yeah. you did. A lot, okay. of, a lot of... You just can't... He cannibalized... All his shit about America and the Democratic Party is just cannibalized from... It's all the so, same thing. I mean, all look, I don't think the audience is going to let you do that again. I think he's got to... He's got to you know, get something new, something big. Especially since it's going to be, it's eventually going to get awkward that he keeps condemning the Confederacy and the slave power when the only people in America who do, who wave the Confederate flag and defend Confederate statues are fucking right wingers. Well, here's his other problem. You know, it's classic heightening, right? In the first movie, you know, Democrats are the the Confederacy. Democrats do Jim Crow. They're the Klan. In this movie, uh, Democrats are Mussolini. Democrats are Hitler. Who's the next? Like, who's worse? I mean, what you get? Barack Obama. Democrats are Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. The worst man of all time. That's that's going to be the Infinity Gauntlet. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. history's greatest monster. Yeah, you know, uh, 
he, you know, he's he's very well staked out this position that the Democrats are the real racists, the real party of racism. But, you know, now he's going into fascism, too. And, you know, he interviews, uh, you know, random German perverts who lay out a fairly dry and straightforward history of like how the Nazis rose to power and enacted their, you know, Nuremberg laws or whatever. But I mean, like, again, I don't know what these people talking to him thought they were contributing yeah. to at all. Uh, but it, but at one point, I think that they thought they were part of like a special program started under Obama where like German citizens can help educate American ex-cons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an international big brother program. They just see Dinesh waddling around in his nerd sweater and his scarf that's tightening his bullfrog neck. And they're like, this man is very troubled. I must tell him about history. There's a point in it where, like, Dinesh goes through, like, all the ways in which, uh, you know, Nazi uh, ideology and social policy were borrowed from uh, aspects of American history. I mean, obviously, his, you know, uh, cockamamie understanding of, you know, Margaret Sanger and eugenics, of course, leads into that. But the eugenics movement was a progressive movement. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not going completely out of line to say. But surprisingly, I was amazed he did this. He references that uh, Hitler's uh, policy of Lebensraum was directly borrowed from American frontier manifest destiny. Yeah, manifest destiny. That would kind of hurt your argument that America is this eternal, wonderful, great country. He talks over and over again virtue. about how Andrew Jackson was, you know, this awful genocidal leader who, you know, Hitler borrowed from and that. You know, Hitler wanted to make the Slavs like his slave race, the way Americans had done to Africans, yeah. and all of this stuff about how, like, yeah, all of these real things in American history that the Nazis were explicitly modeling their own policy of uh, genocide and racial conquest on. Yeah, keep in mind the bad guys of this movie in the very first scene are the people who are chanting "America was never great." Yeah, seems uh, yeah. No, 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 no. That wasn't America. Oh, right. That was the Democrats. Got it. Democrats are responsible for literally every bad thing. I mean, this is not simplifying. This is his actual thesis of America, is that America is an eternal virtuous uh, creation, but that this thing inculcated within it, this monstrous seed, the Democratic Party, has taken over its powers over the years to do awful, exploitative, murderous things. And at every point, they're responsible for it. And But it's not America. It's just the Democrats. Another half-true thing he references constantly about American history is that the Ku Klux Klan in the South were, uh, you know, supported by the Democrats. They were an, out, they were an arm of the Democratic Party in right. the South yeah. for much of American history. What he doesn't mention at the time that he's doing this concurrent history of, like, the Nazis in the, the 1930s and, like, how they were informed by uh, American racism and, you know... Uh, much the most powerful sectors of the Ku Klux Klan were no longer in the South. In the but 20s, in fact, yeah. in the 20s and 30s, they were in the North. They were in Indiana, which was an entirely Republican state at the time. Yeah. The uh, biggest numbers of Klan members in America at that time were in Republican states. Well, I mean, the, the, the state that was most widely controlled by the Ku Klux Klan in that, in that the Ku Klux Klan controlled basically every elected official and every level of government and this was in the 20s, was Indiana, and it, they were, it, it was the Republican Party that they were in charge of. I mean, and also, though, to like circle back to the Native American thing, the only president that Donald Trump talks about besides Obama, like I'm pretty sure he thinks he was the president before Obama, is Andrew Jackson. But he loves him. 
he loves Andrew oh, Jackson. Love it's Andrew his favorite. Jackson. Literally says it's his favorite president. <laughs> he brought the fucking portrait. Like, how do you make this movie with Donald Trump as president? It really I, blows the whole thing up. I mean, that happens over and over again. At one point, he's talking about the Nuremberg laws, and he has this long scene where all these dirty Nazis are sitting around a table figuring out how they can remove Jews' citizenship. Yes. And we were watching this two days after fucking Trump says, hey, let's get rid of birthright citizenship, which, by the way, was part of the Republican Reconstruction Amendments that he actually talks about as like a cornerstone of American liberty in this movie that was opposed by the Democrats. I mean, it just it his whole thesis cannot work with Trump as president. It just it it is a fun. You have to basically drill a hole in your head to forget everything that you learned the minute before everything you know about the world the minute before you watch this movie for any of it to even scan because you know what the actual President Trump is actually doing. While he's talking about this fantasy version who doesn't believe in, like, blood citizenship and, and respects the Reconstruction Amendments. Uh, another great scene, uh, another great Reconstruction moment was when uh, Dinesh recreates the scene where uh, Jewish Hitler bursts in on Ernst Rome in bed with a young man and uh, talks about how Hitler was no social conservative because he was actually fine with uh, openly gay brown shirts because he was like, well, what they do behind closed doors is none of my business. And Dinesh actually lays out in this movie that Hitler was wrong not to purge gay people from the Nazi party. Yeah, man. It was really strange. Like, well, and at several points in this movie, Dinesh does a fade of him walking around modern Berlin into Hitler. Yeah. And it's sort of unmistakable that he can't help but betray his own fantasy of being a leader like Hitler. I mean, it's very weird. He steps out onto a, a stage, and then all of a sudden, it sort of fades into a, a, a shot from the 30s, and then he is where Hitler would be at the podium. Well, That's not a coincidence. He's doing every, like, ner he can't, even with all, like, the blustery talk about, like, liberty and equality, it's like, he can't escape what he is, which is like a nerd with power fantasy. Yes, exactly. Just someday I'm going to be the one casting down on you. Um, he also uh, he, he uh, talks about Kristallnacht and how it was, you know, uh, basically. Uh, it was gun grabbing. It was gun grabbing and it was a redistribution of wealth. Kristallnacht, uh, of course, was when all the Nazis went into Jewish bakeries and forced them to make gay wedding cakes <laughs> for Ernst Röhm. Uh He also, he doesn't, he leaves out that the inciting incident for Kristallnacht was a uh, Young Jewish uh, Antifa Herschel Grinspan walking into the Nazi consulate in Paris and fucking smoking their fucking diplomat right in the gut. He lived for a fucking day or two and writhing in pain, fucker. And then they did the same thing to Steve Scalise. <laughs> Nazis, the Nazis keep killing the guys who aren't Nazis. <laughs> Fucked up. There's a little bit about how basically, uh, you know, this is like the Nazis borrowed so much from the American past for their um, horrific Nazi ideology. Dinesh sort of implies that they also borrowed from the future in that uh, the ideas for concentration camps, uh, they basically sort of cast their minds into the future and uh, saw Obamacare. Yeah. And they were like, yes, we will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll he, give all the Jews Obamacare. Yeah. No, he, the, 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 he talks about euthanasia campaigns for the disabled and it's clearly supposed to be echoing the death panels that all of these old people who watching this movie are still scared of are going to show up by the way all the old people if they were sent to their death by donald trump they would thank him oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh no, for sure thank you sir i'm ready to give a second liver to baron <laughs> um 
can we talk about their Mangala who looked exactly like Epic Ron Swanson? <laughs> <laughs> Ron, no. <laughs> he he cast he did he did a lot of reenactment casting for the baddies, you know. There's Jewish Hitler, there's Ron Swanson Mengele, there's the one I'm gonna get to in a little bit oh, that boy. conspicuously is not very well cast. Uh I wanna talk about I wanna talk about um there's a scene where like he gets through the history of World War II and it just sort of like he covers the Nazi rise to power and all its parallels with, you know, uh, progressive and socialist ideology that was, you know, concurrent to the world in Europe in the 1920s and 30s. He doesn't do any of the history of like how World War II actually happened or who was fighting who during World War II because oh, that would make because he, he spends all this time talking about how, you know, FDR admired Mussolini and fascism so much. Yeah, they have and, these shots of these old guys sitting around a table who are supposed to be the leaders of the Democratic Party and they're holding these newspapers that say like nazis take power and they're like yes great job oh, yes, oh, wonderful. Yeah. and then they cut to them doing the holocaust and then they go when american and allied troops uh liberated the concentration camp, well it's like it doesn't make sense it, this history is telling you the people he just described like these guys and then next sentence they're at war with them and conquering them how did that happen it make he has no explanation for how world war ii happened because in his mind everybody was a fucking fascist the, from the from the USSR to the Nazis to the United States, his explanation for how they were in conflict doesn't work at all. Like Amer- like America has never been closer to having an actual dictator than FDR during World War II yeah. in terms of the actual power that he had over the American state. Right, right. So the scene after World War II where the Democrats are like, "Oh boy, this is going to be a it's going to be awkward for us if it ever gets out how much we like Nazis." It's like, wait a second, why why do you like? Wouldn't it have been easier to just ally with them rather yeah. than fight a fucking the greatest war that had ever happened in human yeah. history against them? Seems a bit odd. They're sitting there and they're like, guys, we really didn't think this out. <laughs> oh, man, this chest tattoo that said I am a Nazi was really not a good idea. Now what are we going to do? God damn it. We are. Ooh, we're in a real pickle. And then he says what they did is they decided to create the great lie that the Nazis were ever on the right. And then that's all just been a propaganda product since World War II by these dastardly Democrats who just decided to fucking overthrow their fellow Nazis in Germany for fun, just like they were bored. Because they were afraid of, uh, like, Dinesh's dad finding out. <laughs> they, he comes from, like, a long line of investigators who find secret files, like, with, like <laughs> secret Nazi Democrat box. So he, 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 the first part of the movie is about the big lie about how Democrats and liberals are the real Nazis. And then the second half of the movie is just a rehash of all of his other movies about how they're the real racists. Yeah, it, it, there's like, no reason you know, to talk about it. Yeah, like you, you know that. It's it, not, it's, it's a lot of, it's the same arguments. And as we said, a lot of it is the literally the same footage. I mean, very boring. Uh, worthy of, I mean, he said, uh, he talks to one crackpot historian. He talks to one guy who said that Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's real horror at slavery was not its racial aspect, but the fact that it was uh, theft. It was theft of labor and redistribution of wealth. Yeah. That was what was really evil about slavery. And Dinesh says at one point, like, or, you know, like, that's the real evil, you know? It's like, you work, you toil. And then someone else just, you know, makes you do it and takes all your money. Yeah. That was the worst. thing. I hate Na- when that happens. That was the worst thing the Nazis did. They took off the property tax cap. Well, that's the thing is that is that when he says that, he means the money. I work a job and then I get an amount of money that is less than the amount I, I produced by definition. The rest of it is taken by my boss. That's not theft. When the government takes any percentage for taxes, that is theft. 
But when the boss takes it to begin with, the, the vast majority of my labor power, not though. In another incredibly confusing moment, he's talking about like the, the history of uh, democratic machines like Tammany Hall who turned the Irish into their own slaves <laughs> by making them police. Uh, uh, yeah, cops, cops are the first slaves. That's what I've been saying, dude. Uh, he literally includes a scene from Gangs of New York. Yeah. And he's like, like this scene in Gangs of New York where Jim Broadbent is playing Boss Swede and he's like, you know, giving all the patties of crust of bread yeah. saying, vote Democrat. Yeah. And in the background of that scene, you can hear someone screaming in the background, America for Americans, go home, you fucking Mick. And it just, again, <laughs> it's so confused because it's just like, here's the scene from Gangs of New York. You know, the movie where like the psychotic bad guy is this like insane American nativist who wants to kill all immigrants and uh, end birthright oh, citizenship. I'm, Weird. I'm going to get a little Dinesh on you. Lay it on me. Okay. Bill the Butcher was actually the hero of that movie because all like all of the Irish characters in that movie they grew they produced all the Trump voters in America. <laughs> 200 IQ. Uh which brings us to uh the bit I teased earlier about the uh most jaw-dropping bit of uh stunt reenactment casting in this movie. Um so this isn't a sequence where uh Dinesh is you know, showing how uh, it was the Republican Party that was, you know, wanted to uh, integrate uh, former slaves into American life and create a, you know, a multiracial democracy and society. And he does that by showing, you know, uh, African-American women being educated and in these, you know, period costumes and things like that. And then he cuts to um, uh, someone giving a speech in a, a church or behind the podium somewhere, and it's shot from very far away, so you can't really see who's speaking, but you can get the outline of it, and with the hair, it's very clear that this person is supposed to be Frederick Douglass. Now, it's only on screen for a couple seconds, and it is shot at such a distance, and we check the IMDb page, there, the, no one is credited as playing Frederick Douglass, nor is the person referred to as yeah. such in this montage. However, we have, we have photos of this, and I am shocked that we are the first person people to point this out. Look at that photo or watch that clip, and again, you cannot prove it 100% either way, right. but it is very, very likely to me that the person playing Frederick Douglass was a white actor in blackface. I I mean it seems too perfect and I resisted it but we watched it several times and I honestly couldn't say that I have any confidence it's not it really does look like a white dude in blackface this is just one of those things where it's just like you know we report you decide yeah, exactly you know what I mean like I, I can't say with any with a thousand percent conviction but we all noticed it immediately and had the same thought we all thought the same okay, thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate I'm gonna play Dinesh's advocate here what if the point of that scene was that it was a Democrat doing blackface? Oh, uh, they see, were mocking. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, those yeah. evil Democrats again at it. Dinesh is like a multi-layered filmmaker. Oh yeah, like no, are, he's yeah. he's a luscious lasagna. It was a dream sequence. You know, make your own decisions. We're not make, saying anything definitive. We're just saying that we all saw it and we all came to the same conclusion. It was very striking. I mean, just like the, the uniformity of the skin color and the kind of the clear yeah. wig going on. The wig uh, definitely made it seem more it's like just, that. It, very, very strange. It's like it's only a couple seconds, but yeah. it's it's unmissable if you're looking for it. Yeah, we like a little like behind the scenes. We like tried to go to IMDb to figure this out because you don't want to like 
one of the big showbiz no-nos <laughs> is to erroneously accuse somebody of blackface. <laughs> and we conspicuously couldn't find anyone because they didn't like explicitly make it Frederick Douglass. Yeah. So they wouldn't have to credit him. But if you have IMDb Pro, the only version of IMDb that shows you every actor who does blackface, like please let us know. If you are Dinesh D'Souza, please let us know. If you were the actor in that scene, please hit us up. If we you're need Frederick Douglass. someone to do blackface for our live shows, <laughs> so you were really good in that scene. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that, that's sort of the second third of the movie is Dinesh making his argument that the Democratic Party blah, and liberals blah, blah, are the real blah, racist. Blah. You've heard that we've detailed this at length. Go f- well, back to the old episode we did with Bill Corbett yeah. about uh, Hillary's America. Yeah. Um, okay, this gets into the sort of the last part of the movie. This is where it gets kind of interesting. So, Dinesh says. Um, you know, so he's dispensed with the myth that, you know, Nazism or fascism has anything to do with the right wing or was ever supported by the right wing in America. You know, we'll we'll leave that, that out takes about care of that. How, how many right wing American groups loved yeah. Adolf Hitler as well. Bond? What was that? Who knows? Yeah. Well, um, and then about how, you know, uh, the Jim Crow or was all the Democratic Party and then all racism today is still the Democratic Party. Uh, then he gets into what he says is the last card they have left to play. The last card about how, you know, Trump and his supporters are Nazis, in Dinesh's mind, is all of the Nazis who marched openly and in support of Donald Trump in Charlottesville and who were called very fine people by Donald Trump himself. At an event called Unite the Right. I like how with this, like, Dinesh's big bet is like, all right, those are like the last people those guys are going to kill, right? Like, one of these guys isn't just going to fucking murk 11 people, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, as you were watching it, and Dinesh was like, the la- this is the last card they have to play. And then Matt, you were like, well, since this movie's been made, they've played several other cards. <laughs> yeah, no, they've been playing a bunch of cards. <laughs> yeah, they got uh, Go Fish, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> here in America with these assholes, uh, again, who call themselves the alt-right. Yeah. So now this is Dinesh's attempt to to you know jujitsu once again the fact that many of donald trump's supporters are openly uh neo-nazi uh, openly fascist and call consider themselves right wing and you know allies at least or fellow travelers of maga and donald trump right what does he do to make his case well he features the single longest and most unedited interview in this movie that goes on forever one of the most bizarre conversations I've ever seen, Dinesh sits down with alt-right neo-Nazi poster boy Richard Spencer. Looking dapper as ever. Richard Spencer uh, wearing several textures that seem to be clipping together. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is probably D'Souza's most baffling filmmaking choice. He's just so desperate to try to show that Spencer is not a conservative, that he's just trying to like have these really esoteric abstract arguments about concepts like rights and, and like the state to try to show that this guy doesn't believe what I believe. So therefore he's not a right winger. Yeah. He like, they, they like he, he tries to engage Spencer in these, again, very philosophical debates about where rights come from. Do they come from God and the individual or do they come from your place in a community and a state? Yeah. Right. But really, the only thing Dinesh actually disagrees with Richard Spencer on about policy, at least in this conversation, is that Richard Spencer wants to send uh, Indian programmers back to India. Yeah. But that's it. That's well, the, like, what, Dinesh and Richard Spencer are both in favor of ending birthright citizenship. Well, the funniest thing, well, Dinesh doesn't say that in the movie, and he tries to stress that his and Trump's 
issues with immigration are on the question of legal and illegal, not racial. Which has been rendered obsolete by this last week. Well, I mean, beyond that, you have the fact that the entire caravan frenzy is about people who are legally seeking asylum. So it doesn't have anything to do with illegal immigration. So and yet this is an invasion. So that goes out the window there. And then, yes, to further make it absurd, he's saying, let's fucking get rid of birthright citizenship. But. At one point, he he gets uh, Spencer to say, I'm in favor of immigration for, like, white South Africans or something. And Denise is like, aha, you see, you're saying it's racial, but but not like me and Trump. But Trump is on the record saying, why don't we get more immigrants from Norway? Why are we getting them from Africa? He has said the exact same thing Spencer said about how it's, hey, getting foreigners is fine if they're from the right places, a.k.a. the white places. And I, I want to stress that, like, uh, as we mentioned with Paxton and uh, the bewildered German historian and then a weird guy wearing a hat, most of the people he interviews in this movie, it's like Dinesh asking a question and then, like, an old man, a very old man going, yes, I would agree with that, and then just cut. Yeah. The interview with Spencer goes on forever. Oh, God. And the back and forth between them goes, like... And I swear to God, watching this turtle-like man <laughs> talk to this fucking Depeche Mode wannabe fucking prepster, just incredibly, uh, shall we say, dishy and yeah. uh, proper uh, yeah. preppy boy. Um, it was like looking, and he's trying to like them debating each other was like looking at a fucking Escher drawing. It was like two Elmer Fuds hunting each other. <laughs> this entire conversation, it was moronic the way the, the real thing that he tried to do and his whole point in this segment including the interview with spencer is to say these guys want intervention in the economy these guys think that there's some sort of collective responsibility i don't i think that there's only the free market and even and the thing is no one actually believes that no conservative movement has ever genuinely adhered to it it's not a coherent structure it doesn't actually exist and even in the narrow case of D'Souza, it doesn't exist because he wrote a whole book, as we said, about how cultural degeneracy led to 9-11. But there is no res- remedy for the sort of degenerate culture that he was uh, de- decrying other than state mandates. Like he's, he's condemning a, a state that, that, uh, that allows, uh, gay, allows people to be on television. gay people yeah. to be on television, allows gay marriage. He wants the state to fucking uh, influence and shape American life as much as anybody does because that's what politics is. Him and uh, his, he has the same, his basic scam about fascism is the same, exact same as Goldberg's was in liberal fascism, which is we all believe in a total separation between the state and, go, and, and uh, the economy and no, uh, no state direction of any sort of social elements. And no one actually believes that, including these motherfuckers. And it's just a way to try to, yeah, put daylight between them and guys who share their belief on basically every meaningful matter of policy that's in front of us right now. It's like it's like it's the historical argument that what made uh, the Third Reich uh, Nazis, what made them bad was their health care program. Right. Exactly. Yes. No, he says that he shows the Nazi uh, platform and he omits all the stuff about Jews and militarism and just adds like. Oh, state control of industry or something, and says this could have been written by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Uh, so yeah, he, he and then like after I, what seemed like fifteen minutes of him badgering Richard Spencer, he gets Richard Spencer to finally just say, "Yeah, okay, if that's what you mean by progressivism, then I'm a progressive." Yeah, and that's what you mean by explicitly like well, white ethno state. Yeah, and Richard Spencer's like, "Fine, I'm a progressive," and then he just cut. 
Dinesh is like dusts off hands theatrically, be like, another argument dispensed with? I'll just move on from that. And at this point, like he goes back to like what sounds like the music from a Ken Burns documentary. And we were just thinking in our head, it would be like a letter home from the front of making this movie. (laughs) I have been on over... 10 hours of interviews with various European perverts and men with dementia. (laughs) I fear I will never make it home from the subway where (laughs) Obama-style military youths are performing Showtime and terrifying me to my core. I fear this documentary will never end. Then there's some bullshit about how the deep state is also fascist and how his own persecution for the electoral fraud he pled guilty to was an example of that. Then it gets into what I think is actually the single most vile and evil part of this movie that is also very relevant in light of recent events. There's a whole reenactment sequence at the end of this movie about young George Soros. He talks to James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, which is hilarious because he interviews O'Keefe right after Richard Spencer. And honestly, O'Keefe could not look anything more like more of a Nazi. Yeah. Like... He looks 10 times more Nazi and fash than Richard Spencer does, yeah. for sure. And, and James O'Keefe tells him that it's been documented that George Soros is behind the funding of Antifa. I knew it. And it was really stupid of Antifa to form an LLC. <laughs> George Soros has been funding Antifa and this sort of tyrannical fascist uprising against yeah. Donald Trump. He then goes into reenactment mode to go into the history of George Soros's life, which was as a boy in Hungary, uh, as the Nazis came to power, his dad bribed local officials and got him to uh, someone to claim like his godfather, someone who is Christian to claim he was his son and raise him as a Christian boy in Hungary at the time when, you know, every Jew was being exported to camps. Mm -hmm. And, as a four, again, George Soros was 14 years old when this was going on, and he's talked about in interviews like he, you know, had to do things like you know seize Jewish property. No, he just, didn't do he anything. Didn't do it. He was just he didn't seize it. anything. He literally just stood there while it was happening. Exactly. Like, I mean, the implication is this is like an old right wing trope that Soros was like he was in the intern program of the SS <laughs> when really it was just. Yeah, his dad going like, okay, just like lie to his this guy so you dad. can, yeah, so you can fucking survive. Yeah, yeah, lie and go along with this so you don't get sent to a death camp. And it works perfectly with like the right wing fantasy where it's like it's implied where it's like, oh, you dude, they're lucky I wasn't a fucking Jew. <laughs> I would go beast mode. Like, real, like we saw what happened when Dinesh was prosecuted by the government. He's still crying about having to go to like a financial management class or whatever the <laughs> fuck he had to do. And ex- explicit in this is that George Soros, in surviving the Holocaust, did something wrong and evil. Yeah. And that if he were a good person, he would have just died along with all the rest of Hungary's Jews. They compare his his justification where he says in this interview, is, this is the source of all of the, the whole... Uh, urban legend where he says i didn't feel guilty because it wasn't my fault i was a f- fucking child and, and, and i was trying know, to I, survive right. and they're like uh and they compare that to joseph mengele's son who said hey my dad if somebody somebody was going to be the doctor in that camp so it wasn't his fault and so i was like these are the same justifications you know for a actual adult doctor and a 14 year old jewish child in hiding but then basically the funniest thing is he does this whole reenactment it's all this over over the over the interview it's shots of this young kid like 
checking off property that he's confiscating. And then he just looks into the camera and he's got dead serial killer eyes. And they say, it doesn't really matter what he did when he was a kid, which makes you wonder why he just did a five-minute reenactment of it if it doesn't matter. He says, what matters is what he does now. And he thought that taking those people's property was all right. And that means he still does. So basically the premise is George Soros is just acting out his Nazi fantasy of property confiscation. And that's the point of all of his uh, anti-Foth funding. Soros put on an SS uniform and went into, you guessed it, the biggest cafeteria in Hungary. <laughs> and he wrote, yeah, official Schlutstoffel fake lunch ticket. <laughs> uh, but it, it is like, it isn't. Like, these fucking pussies thought there were death camps coming because Michelle Obama was like, yeah, what if kids don't eat corn dogs for every meal of the day? <laughs> And with it, like, this, like, child faced with, like, actual Nazi occupation, they're like, dude, you're a fucking bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that, that is not an exaggeration at all. And that is the single most evil part of this movie. And like, for, forget everything about George Soros or his role in our politics or as a billionaire now. To say that about a Holocaust survivor is... I don't know. It's fucked wrong up, to me, yeah. or just betrays a certain moral I, depravity. I mean, that it, nothing shocks me anymore. It's just like, and this it, the hypocrisy shouldn't shock anyone, but it is just like these people are literally like a big part of the end of the movie. Like an implied part is how sad it is when people get shadow banned. <laughs> <laughs> so like put that next to the Holocaust. Thing. Oh like, no, 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 yeah. That's the, that okay. So then he does this whole thing about George Soros, I, and I hate it because I hate having to stick up for him because he is a piece of shit. He's a billionaire fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's an awful man. <laughs> he's made the world. He's a currency trader. He's a billionaire currency trader. That's really all you have to say. Yeah. And none of his political projects, by the way, have ever been as you know what billion like center left billionaire political projects are. You yeah. know what they are. They're not good. You've seen them. It's it's fuck it's a ble it's like I've spent five hundred million dollars on this project that will end racism. That sounds great, dude. What is it? It's a big black hand shaking a white hand. <laughs> it's called it's called the hands of respect. Wow. But it's fucking sweet, dude. Again, hilarious to watch this movie just a week after a fucking someone who probably saw this movie in theaters <laughs> mailed a pipe bomb to yeah. George Soros's house. Whoops. Yeah. So if that wasn't offensive for you enough. The final part of the movie, after a fucking bizarre and inexplicable <laughs> musical interlude, it's, it's like, he, like he ended the he ended the last movie. He ended Hillary's America with, and now Andy Williams is just an old person singing a song, it's and like, you see like eagles and, and it's mountains. Like, okay, I get and, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the Soylent Green scene. This is the as euthanasia yeah. shot as you die, but it's at the end, and so we got to it. And we're like, oh, that's oh, a little short. Thank you, but then. This is a whole other 20 minutes after that. It was just like an intermission. It goes on for another 20 minutes featuring the heaviest reenactment that I think he's ever done in a movie. Oh, so yeah. It stops no, becoming a documentary long. and just becomes a really, really bad made-for-TV movie all about Sophie Scholl and the White Rose. Yes. This is his answer to the question of how do we resist leftist tyranny today? And he portrays the story of Sophie Scholl and explicitly compares it to his own persecution for doing election fraud. And he also compares the white rose doing their mimeographed anti-Nazi uh, literature that they handed out and posted up and got them killed with Peepaw's Facebook page and his Twitter fucking handle. Like he says, what can you do about leftist tyranny? Post. Yes. Posting is the most virtuous. It is the most powerful thing you can do. You can post. You can be like these poor 
these poor anti-Nazi uh, uh, university resistance, students, yeah. these, these young people who knew to stop it. They were willing to do it, and they were willing to suffer the consequences, just like you are when you get shadow banned and your grandkids can't see your fucking minion memes. And there's, Mr. There's, Mark, <laughs> Mr. Mark Zuckerberg, sir, you can put me on your Schindler's list, but I will still be a white rose in your thorn. I mean, they literally did a thing where they said, if you're getting shadow banned and your posts aren't getting the engagements you think they should, put an X next to your name. And there still are people on Twitter with this red X next to oh, their name. that's what that means. That's what that means. They're complaining about getting shadow banned. Like, it's, like they're putting a fucking Star of David on themselves. Well, they're, they're also sad that XXXTentacion died. <laughs> well, of course, we all are. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's a great scene where uh, Sophie, the Sophie Scholl is being interrogated by, you know, a cruel uh, Nazi, you know, SS captain or whatever. And he's like, you are saying that Hitler says nothing but lies? Haha, <laughs> who would believe you? And he's just going through her posts, and he's like, ah, that's a yikes for me, Freilein. <laughs> I'm seriously a fan of your post, Sophie, but this is seriously not your best. <laughs> but it is, that is every conservative's fantasy. Yeah. Like, under Obama, that, like, they would get called into office by, like, a big government jackbooted bureaucrat who'd be like, you can't call the president Opoopma. <laughs> like bravely defend their posts. Yeah, because they want someone to read their posts. Finally, that really is it. That really is it. Like their kids don't read it. No one's reading it. You know, everyone wants the warm embrace of big government to at least go. All right, I don't usually like your stuff, but this is a, this is a thumbs up for me, my dude. Yeah. So after the Nazi goes to her, he's like, uh, "Yeah, this is not it, chief." Uh, they lead Sophie into the guillotine room and cut her fucking head off. And yes, it is explicitly shadow banned. It explicitly is comparing her sacrifice to the shadow banned posters of Twitter and Denise D'Souza going to Club Fed for six months for on doing the weekends. Blatant and obvious election fraud this that he admitted to. This this motherfucker did part time prison. <laughs> I guess there are such prison. things as part time crooks. Yeah, <laughs> Denise D'Souza. Oh and my again, god! And again, uh, you know, Dinesh just like Sophie because as soon as his back was up against the wall, uh, he pled guilty immediately, like a fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so proud. And then, so then it's like, yeah, get your head cut off by big government, but we're going to uh, link it. Oh, by the way, I think uh, Trump was Lincoln. We forgot about that. That's the thing. They actually have a really hilarious and risible through line to this, which is uh, that Lincoln was a Republican who wanted to, to get rid of the Democratic Party's uh, slavery agenda. The Democrats refused to allow him to be president. That led to a civil war, and then he ended slavery. Then the Democrats came back with their taxing slavery agenda, and now Trump is president, and they're once again uh, united in opposition to him and denying him the presidency, and he, like Lincoln, is going to have to defeat the Democrats and end their slavery. The problem is he mentions that like three times over the course of the movie, and the rest of it is just this shit about the Nazis and then just... Re, just literally the same footage as the last movie. He can't even keep his own stupid premise. And that's true of all of them, too. Hillary's America. It's like, what's Hillary's America going to look like? And then it's all just slave whipping and Andrew Jackson footage. It's like he can't even commit to a fucking premise. It's real. It's always just, and then this. How about this? What, Nazis? How about these guys now? I love Donald Trump as Abraham Lincoln. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't think of <laughs> a guy more like orator. Lincoln than Donald Trump. Four score and seven years ago, we met Mr. Ronald McDonald, <laughs> a beautiful man who we love. 
Don't we love him? Isn't he so beautiful? We want to shake his big hand. <laughs> Grimace, not so nice. Grimace has done many awful, awful crimes that we're hearing more and more about. So, uh, yeah, that's how the movie ends. Actually, the movie ends with another, another musical, musical sequence number. in which a African-American choir led by uh, a lady sings glory glory hallelujah for what is probably 20 minutes it's so long well this i figured out the tempo of this movie and it's like dinner theater under the expectation half your guests will die during dessert (laughs) yeah like the weird tempo this is what entertainment was like like before segregation which is like perfect for dinesh's audience yeah no, Dinesh should honestly do like a William Castle used to do before his movies where he would give, you know, uh, life insurance policies because of how scary they were. He should just have nurses out front to just drag out the audience members who don't make it through the runtime. You know what's awesome? Like a lot of like people who lived through like the Great Depression, World War II, their last memories will be of this movie. <laughs> everything they saw everything oh. they obviously learned no lessons yeah they're like one vote for donald trump please <laughs> yeah. and their last like they saw hitler rise they saw him die they like remember d-day they remember like you know eating rats in the dust bowl and the last thing they remember is like that lady who sang that song sure was a looker <laughs> that's flatline just and, the dmt kicks in yeah. and it's just like and, 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 and because because the last thing they saw was dinesh's face god is dinesh oh, <laughs> and, and god. Well, for them that's great and god yeah. just speaks to them and said your entire life was in a complete waste <laughs> <laughs> your existence was worthless there there's some like there's some they, they have some like boomer like gen x kids who are like i know he was thinking about me and his grandkids no. and nope he was like Wow, he sure got rich. He got Richard Spencer in that. Wow, you, you, uh, you heard it. The neo Nazi said he's a progressive lib. Done. <laughs> I can't wait to use that. I can't, literally, <laughs> last got last thought of his entire life. I can't wait to use that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> he was halfway through typing a Dinesh D'Souza quote onto a minion. <laughs> just stroked Did out. Did you know that that Democrats are the real girl? <laughs> <laughs> That's so. It's sad, but it's really perfect, and that's mm-hmm. a perfect note to end on. No, because I feel like my brain died during this. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, we're all we're all in the in the last gas of our DMT. Uh, we're all looking at our bodies I've, from above. Honestly, with the amount of conservative entertainment that I've consumed over the course of this show, I actually have used my entire body's natural reserve of DMT. I'm gonna have nothing for when I actually cross over. Looking forward to that. But I guess my closing thoughts on uh, this movie is. Um, it is, you know, laughable and idiotic in every respect. But again, so was uh, Donald Trump until he became president. That's true. And uh, it doesn't have to be good. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is honestly, I mean, aside from just being repulsive to look at, I mean, just awful, hideous, just, just dog shit, mm. unattractive, wretched, oh, wretched. no serious motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You look uh, very not good, my is man. Genuinely, an evil person, and I don't think he's dumb per se i think you know i think he knows exactly what he's doing with these movies and i think he's like you know educated enough to present this kind of like pseudo revisionist history that you know does rely on certain facts about history that are like oh like did it would it blow your mind to know that the democrats were the party of segregation (gasps) or that you know progressivism influenced fascism but at the end of the day, I mean, he is, like I said, I think this is the purest expression of a certain kind of, 
how the conservative view has mutated to fit Donald Trump. The point of the movie about Trump being Lincoln is that the Republican Party needs to unite behind Donald Trump like they did with Lincoln to fight this menace. And I think he is a uh, morally diseased and evil human being. I mean, I think he is a truly atrocious person whose you know, buffoonishness and the idiocy of these documentaries should not um, over, overshadow. I do. I am interested to see how he's going to try what he's going to do next, because it's clear that his whole shtick is just it's it's not keeping pace with the, the reality. I mean, we watched this movie. The movie barely came out, as we said, and it's and it's fucking it's it's already aged terribly. It's uh, there are whole scenes in it that are directly refuted by things that had just just happened. So it's going to be interesting to see. Is he going to keep clinging to this pathetic attempt to try to do the Aikido jiu-jitsu move about Nazism and fascism while the base of the party he's supporting is basically losing any scruples about embracing those principles? It'll be interesting to see. Maybe he just does the total flip and says, fuck it, and decides, actually, you know, Jackson was good. I looked into it more, and, uh, and he was actually really cool. No, I think his next movie is going to be a detailed history of the house scene in Manchester. <laughs> 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 I'll watch that. You, do, you just gotta like get him, let him get his rhythm because it's just like every show you just gotta let him sit in the cut because out of nowhere he's just gonna land a fucking headshot at 700 meters <laughs> what are you looking at what is on your phone oh, Kanye <laughs> made himself his pickle Rick oh cool there <laughs> oh, we go okay Wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, we it. have the episode art well that's more yeah, no, that's episode that's, art that's more brain that's death cap. that's more brain death Thinking about the Hacienda. Let's go out with some new order, everybody. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to just like suck on a nitrous tube until we all die? Uh, by the way, uh, Joy Division. Yeah, I uh, think Joy Division is more appropriate. Joy Division named after another very famous Democratic program. Yeah. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.